D-heads, for a Disney Halloween treat. The annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration, only on DizRadio.com. Happy Hallowishes, everyone. <laughs> It's time, D-Heads! Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand! Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo! Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and we are one step closer to Halloween. Yes, this is our eighth year. Yes, our eighth annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration that we've been celebrating all month long, and this week is no exception. And this week for show number 218, for the week of October 25th, 2018, we're going to venture into some different realms. We're going to get scared with some boogity-boogity-boos. We're going to watch out for some brides, and we're going to definitely pay attention to the thing because we have none other than Richard Master stopping in here at the show. Now, Richard Master is a veteran in the movie industry. We know him from a variety of television shows and movies like John Carpenter's The Thing, as well as Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, License to Drive, and so many others. And Richard's going to stop back here at the show, chat with us about what it was like being part of these cult Disney classics, working on films like John Carpenter's The Thing, and many other tidbits from his glorious career to help us celebrate Halloween, spooky, and all things fun. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. And you have the questions and Aaron has the answer. And he's going to dip his hand in that trick-or-treat bag and answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Dominic with the latest tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time and short on money in the short leash. We also have Randy back with the latest from Disney Multimedia for your iPhones, your Androids, and all different ways to stay connected with Disney Multimedia. And we have a brand new D-Team member stopping in this week with Jeremy as he's going to be taking over this week in Disney history. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from Disney Channel, Pirates of the Caribbean, Disneyland, Disney Springs, as well as Disney Halloween, the parks, costumes, and so much more. So before I jump into this week's show and get the Halloween festivities off and running, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, you name it. They're going to hold your hand and walk you through the process. They're going to treat you like family and make it the most magical experience that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, I know you are ready to go to those Halloween parties, get their trick-or-treating going and having all kinds of fun. Halloween has arrived. Halloween is here. So let's continue on with our 8th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration and kick off show number 218 for the week of October 25th, 2018. (laughs) To the haunted mansion you're invited for a Halloween party. I'm so excited. Mickey and Minnie are waiting at the gate. They need your help to decorate. So come on, come on, come on, join in. The Halloween party is about to be. 
again. Halloween's fun with Mickey Mouse. Listen up, you goblins and ghouls. Dress up and have fun, and those are the rules. You can trick or treat with a skeleton. Make no bones about it, it's fun. <laughs> Daisy Duck said, hee hee hee, Minnie, I'll go as you, and you go as me. Minnie said, no, here's what we'll do. You go as me, and I'll go as you. <laughs> Finishing up a little work. Welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. Now, I admit that tonight's feature, Mr. Boogany, is a little weird. It's a family comedy all about ghosts, evil spirits, and a very haunted house. But look at that. The guys in the special effects department here at the studio knew I was introducing Mr. Boogany. And this is their idea of a little joke. Very funny guys. Pyrotechnics, wonderful overlay, phone book, hot telephone call. Nobody has a magnifying glass. Okay, fine chair, great. I'm keeping my coffee. <laughs> hey guys, this is not funny. This is not funny. I just hope you figured out a way to get me back by next week. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see, this is our town of Halloween. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat. I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red. I am the one hiding under your stairs. 
tigers like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. In this town we call home, everyone hail to the pumpkin soul. In this town, don't we love it now, everybody's waiting for the next surprise. Found that corn and hang hiding in the trash can, something's waiting now to pounce and how you scream. This is Halloween. It's Lady Green. Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. Say it once, say it twice, take a chance and roll the dice. Ride with the moon in the dead of night. Everybody scream, everybody scream. In the town of Halloween. I am the clown with the tearaway face. Here in a flash of Donald and Trace. I am the who and the clown there. I am the wind blowing through your hair. I am the shadow on the moon at night. Dreams to the brim with fright. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. Dingalumlings everywhere. Life's no fun without a good scare. That's our job, but we're not mean in our town of Halloween. In this town. We love it now. Everyone's waiting for the next surprise. Skinny Tin Jack might catch you in the back and scream like a bet you make you jump out of your skin. This is Halloween. Everybody scream. Won't you please make way for a very special guy? The Woman Jack is king of the pumpkin patch. Everyone hail to the pumpkin king. Now this is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween. This is Dominic again. And Jonathan's looking for a bonus segment about the best Halloween trick-or-treat candy. Well, I don't know what that is, because I don't know what you like. For me, it's gummy bears. But the greatest Halloween candy is more of an idea than it is an actual reality. It's the holy grail of finding that person who gives the full-size candy bars, but also finding the person who's enough of a curmudgeon to not want to answer the door so they leave it out in a giant pile. And if those two things converge, the only thing that's missing is for you to be the first person at the door to snatch them all up. They've provided the treats, you're providing the trick, that's a combination that can't be beat. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Kari only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. 
All right, OVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff once again for show number 218 for the week of October 25th, 2018, as we're continuing on with our eighth annual Not-So-Scary Month-Long Halloween Celebration, where all month long we've been bringing you spooky guests, Halloween fun, and all kinds of great things. And this week is no exception, as we have Richard Masser stopping in here at the show. From John Carpenter's The Thing, Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, License to Drive, Orange is the New Black, and so many other things, as Richard is stopping back here at the show since he was a guest here back on the show back in 2012 well Richard wanted to come back once again and share some Halloween fun with all of you D-heads we also have the D-team stopping in of Aaron Dominic Randy and our newest D-team member in Jeremy stopping in here this week and all kinds of fun so before we jump into that news hot off the D-wire and I get ready to don my pumpkin suit yes I am going as David S. Pumpkins from SNL yes Tom Hanks character I am going as David S. Pumpkins for Halloween this year so before I don on my uh, pumpkin suit here. I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, and this month, spooky kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear my voice, the D-Team, our guests, and more. You just can't wait. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, and hit subscribe right there. It is that simple, that easy. Get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the device of your choosing, and subscribe right there. And definitely remember to leave us a review because it does help with those iTunes ratings. And if you want to find out all of these links and more, if I'm talking too fast, just go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com, and there you can find all these links there as well. So, as I'm donning on my pumpkin suit here, I'm getting ready to drink my pumpkin spice latte. How cheesy and uh, trendy is that? I do want to say that we have some great Disney news here, and let's jump it right off with Walt Disney Records to release the Ralph Breaks the Internet soundtrack. Walt Disney Records will release a soundtrack for the Walt Disney Animation Studios film Ralph Breaks the Internet on November 16th. Now, the soundtrack features original songs, A Place Called Slaughter Race, performed by the film's main star Sarah Silverman and Gal Gadot, as well as Zero, written and performed by Imagine Dragons. Now, the score was composed by Henry Jackman, who we all know from Wreck-It Ralph, Captain America Civil War, and Big Hero 6. And in this place, a pop version of A Place Called Slaughter Race is going to be performed by Julia Michaels. Now, the film is directed by Rich Moore and Phil Johnston and produced by Clark Spencer and featuring the voices, as we all know, of John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, Gal Gadot, as well as many others. And Ralph Breaks the Internet is going to hit theaters on November 21st. Now, the soundtrack for the film is going to have a great, diverse cast of songs, score, and more. And as I mentioned, the main feature film song that everyone is going to get to know from this movie is called A Place called Slaughter Race. 
featuring Sarah Silverman. Now, she is the voice of Vanellope Von Schwiez, as we all know, and in the vein of the classic I Want Songs from many Disney movies, like, uh, you know, Someday My Prince Will Come, Part of Your World, pretty much the song that's setting the tone for the entire movie, you know, that whole what they're looking for, the premise, all that kind of fun stuff. Now, the song is going to showcase Vanellope's desire to be part of the world outside of the sugar rush, to grow as a racer and as a person. And the song also features many singing debuts of Gal Gadot, who we all know as Wonder Woman, as Shank. Now, the music was composed by Oscar-winning songwriter and composer Alan Menken, so we all know that it's going to be good. We all know Alan Menken, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Pocahontas, Aladdin. And the lyrics were written by Phil Johnston and Grammy-winning producer Tom McDougall, who also wrote Frozen and many others. So this is going to be a great one that is coming out. Great soundtrack. I know I'm excited for this. Ralph is a great character, a fun, new, different thing for Disney that I think will be fun. I mean, it is going to be a very different soundtrack, as I said, because Jackman's mission was to create a score that's reminiscent of the first film while embracing the new story and the vast, uncharted new worlds of the internet that Ralph and Vanellope must navigate to retrieve part to save their game. So this is going to be a great new soundtrack, so get ready. Ralph Breaks the Internet soundtrack is coming out on November 16th, and the film hits theaters on November 21st. Now, moving away from the movies, let's get into the small screen and all those fun things like Disney Channel and so much more. And if you haven't, if you love Disney Channel original movies, go to the Disney Now app and they have all the Halloween fun. Scream Team, Twitches, Twitches 2, Halloween Town, you name it, it is there. Under wraps, uh, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, they are all there to watch for free. So definitely download the Disney Now app before all these Halloween greats are gone at the end of October. But getting back to the Disney Channel, how about Disney Channel rolling out a new improv series? Yes, Disney Channel has greenlit Just Roll With It, a new family sitcom that melds both scripted and improv comedy together. Now, it is being produced by Kenwood TV Productions with Adam Small and Trevor Trevor Moore serving as executive producers. Now, the hybrid comedy is the first of its kind for the Disney Channel. Now, the inventive series centers on a blended family navigating the unexpected things that come up in life. Cue improvisation. That's right. At the sound of a horn, members of the cast return backstage and the audience submits an electronic vote on three different options on how the scene should end. The cast then returns to the stage to improv the scene that the audience has chosen. Now, Just Roll With It is it's going to be different. I mean, seriously, this is a fun way to add something fun and different to the show. The audience is is pretty much cueing it, and those uh, actors have to be on their game in order to come back, improv, and make it a fun conclusion to the show. Now, the Just Roll With It showrunners also executive produced Walk the Prank, which we all know, which debuted on Disney in 2015 and was greenlit for a second season as well. Now, the series blends scripted comedy and hidden camera pranks on Disney's XD's top show as well, and it has gauged more than 21 million viewers. So this one seems like it's going to be a hit as well. So get ready, an all-new improv series, half-scripted, half-improv, Disney Channel has greenlit, and it's coming soon. Just roll with it. Now, getting back to the big screen, now this is one that you have seen everywhere, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse with it, because many of you have already seen this all over the web, but let's talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. That's right, we all know that Pirates of the Caribbean, it is not going to be a good day for Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp, because Disney is eyeing Pirates of the Caribbean reboot with the Deadpool writers. That's right, they said Johnny Depp is officially out, and Disney is eyeing a reboot of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise with two writers 
from the R-rated superhero fan film Deadpool. Yes, what is going on as they said? Well, Deadline reported earlier this week, they were the first ones to be on top of it, that Disney wants to reboot the Pirates franchise with the help of Deadpool writers. Now, it's unclear, they said, whether Johnny Depp will even make a small appearance, a cameo, who knows, or even if they'll just recast Jack Sparrow or an all-new set of Pirates. But that Jerry Bruckheimer is still going to work as a producer as well. So, why does this matter? Well, the franchise grossed more than $4.5 billion in 14 years, a sign that the franchise can be successful, and a reboot would offer a new take on the series rather than continue with the current storyline. So this is one of those things where they might just write off Jack Sparrow, or they might bring him back for a cameo, but overall they said Johnny Depp is out, and they're going to reboot the franchise. I'm hoping maybe it's just a new set of pirates. So it is a continuation, yet a reboot all in the same. I would be okay with that. That would be a fun thing to do. Not reboot it with the same characters playing different roles, I don't like the idea of having a different character be Jack Sparrow, but I am okay with continuing on with the series with an all-new set of people. So, you know, this is a different one. Now, Dead Men Tell No Tales had the lowest sales to them all, earning only $176 million. But, come on, let's face it, it was the fifth one in the franchise. Making $176 million when you're the fifth one in a franchise, that is a feat. Well, you know, now you can get ready. Like I said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, going to get relaunched, most likely, without our beloved Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. Now, getting into the parks. Let's get back to the parks here. And of course, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and more. How about an all-new parking lot entrance for Disney's Hollywood Studios is coming? That's right. The way the drivers get into the parking lot for Disney's Hollywood Studios theme park is about to get a huge change. Now, a new entrance accessible via the Osceola Parkway is set to go into service on November 8th by the Walt Disney World Company announcing it this week. Now, the original entrance will then be for Disney employees only. So that's going to be an employee-only entrance all these years going into that back one is going to be for employees only. My guess is they are gearing up because they know it's going to be a massive rush for Star Wars land when Galaxy's Edge opens. Now, according to the post on the official Disney Parks blog, in addition, the park side entrance on Buena Vista Drive across from Disney's Boardwalk and Speedway Station will be for Disney World buses only. Now, Hollywood Studios has been the only Walt Disney World theme park with two ways for visitors to enter the park via automobiles in the past. Now, for folks traveling south on the nearby Victoria Way, there will be a connecting road to the new entrance, Disney says, with new signs that will be erected to steer traffic. Here's where they need to go. Now, parking has been in flux at Hollywood Studios for months, as the theme park undergoes changes due to the construction on Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is scheduled to open in 2019, among many other projects. As I mentioned, it is going to be a huge change with a lot of people coming for the anniversary, for Galaxy's Edge, and more. Now, Disney is also opening up their Disney Skyliner gondola transportation system as well to help people connect with Epcot and other Disney World locations that is standing in the lot as well. So, this is going to be a big change. They're going to have to redirect traffic, and I am curious as to what has been under development, where everyone is going to park. Have they just kept this at secret, or are they just going to have some inner, you know, in the meantime kind of thing to really make it work? But... Either way, if you're going to Hollywood Studios, come in November 8th, that parking lot is going to be DOA to you. Now, all of you D-heads, I'm sitting here. I'm drinking my pumpkin spice latte. I'm getting ready because we have a lot of Halloween parties, trick-or-treating, all kinds of fun 
all this weekend. So you know what? I'm going to wrap up news here this week. That's a lot of news. We also have more coming from the D-team, right? Aaron's going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Dominic with the short leash. We have our brand new D-team member, Jeremy, with This Week in Disney History, as well as Randy with the latest in multimedia and even more memories from the D-team throughout the entire show as we gear up for Richard Masser stopping in from John Carpenter's The Thing, Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, License to Drive, Orange is the New Black, and so much more. So I am excited for this show just to keep rolling here. So I'm just going to finish putting on my pumpkin suit here in a minute and uh, get ready to continue on with the show and the Halloween fun and make it a blast. So before we continue on with this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castles and Dreams Travel. And Castles and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They are going to make it special for you. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have and make it extra magical. They're 100% free and award-winning. So definitely check them out. Castles and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is out of the way. Let's continue on with some Halloween fun, some Halloween tidbits. I'm getting ready to dress up, have some fun, and I'm looking forward to my favorite Halloween candies. Yes, I have many different Halloween candies here that I want to eat up and have fun with. So let's press on for show number 218 for the week of October 25th, 2018. Just the window side. 
pieces. Oh my god, the lion's been cut. The phone, it's it's dead. And some do something strange. The rattle of bones and chains. And yet Miss Gibbons living in a haunted house. It's scratching at the door. Feel a heartbeat through the floor. And you're just not wanting. It's a haunted house. questions we have answers let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in i want to know hey d heads this is aaron and it's time again for another installment of i want to know well halloween is right around the corner hope everyone has their pumpkins carved and their costumes picked out let's hope we all have good weather this year so all the kids and the adults can show off their cool costumes well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, and the virtual mailbag is full. So let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Trent Rimsky of Wyoming, and he writes, Diz Radio? Love the star of the Halloween shows, been missing them. It got me thinking about Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. Can these be found on DVD anywhere? Did Disney ever do a real release of these? Thanks. Well, these are both great Disney Halloween classics. Mr. Boogity was released in 1986 and Bride of Mr. Boogity was released in 1987. There is a DVD two-pack of these movies on Amazon, but it's kind of pricey. However, they are both available to own or rent on Amazon Digital at a much more reasonable price. So enjoy. Our next question is from Heather Schumacher of Indiana, and she writes, Aaron and the team, question for you on Mickey's Halloween sing-along DVD. My kids love this, and I loved it when I watched it, although I admit I was old when it came out. But what happened to the kids in the DVD? Did they go on to other TV or movie roles? I can't seem to find much or even their real names. And, did they ever release a CD of this special with the versions played on the DVD? 
Happy Halloween from a D-Head. Well, Disney's sing-along songs, Happy Haunting, was released in 1998. It features a Halloween party at the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland. The show is hosted by the Magic Mirror, who's voiced by the great Corey Burton. All the kids went on to do some small acting jobs after this special, but Tyler Hochelin, who played Zack, went on to have a big career. He's been in several movies and has done a lot of TV shows. He's currently playing Superman in the TV show Supergirl. And from 2011 to 2017, he was Derek Hale in the TV show Teen Wolf. And some might remember him from 7th Heaven where he played Martin Brewer. This DVD is available on Amazon to purchase, but unfortunately it was not released on CD. Well, our final question this week is from Brian T. of Michigan, and he writes, I want to know many things, Diz Radio, but I will settle for one. Aaron, can you help me figure out who is doing the voice in the demo tracks for Phantom Manor? It sounds creepy and spooky, and I swear I heard his voice before. Any thoughts? Maybe I'm just not looking in the right place. Well, I would love to see this attraction someday. Phantom Manor is located in Disneyland Paris and is their version of the Haunted Mansion. The attraction combines a walkthrough portion with Omnimover vehicles and features special effects and audio animatronics. This version of the popular Haunted Mansion ride has a different plotline which is similar to that of the Phantom of the Opera. It is also designed to be scarier and darker than the other Haunted Mansion rides. The ride also features a unique soundtrack differing from the American and Japanese versions. I'm sure you know the actor who voices the ghost host for this attraction. He's a classic horror movie actor, and he helped Michael Jackson out with a little song called Thriller. He is none other than the great Vincent Price. He recorded the narration for the attraction, which was used when the Phantom Manor first opened. It was replaced by a narration in French. However, the phantom laughter was always Vincent Price. Good news though, the attraction is currently being renovated and they have said that Vincent Price's original narration will be restored when it reopens. Well D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next time, D-Heads, and happy Halloween. Hinges creak in doorless chambers Where strange and frightening sounds Echo through the halls Where candlelights flicker Though the air is deathly still This is Phantom Manor Phantom Manor
Welcome, curious friends. You may not believe it, but Beauty once lived in this house. And Beauty lives here still. Show yourself. Lovely, isn't she? Come, I have more beauty to show you. Our tour begins here, in this gallery, where you gaze upon the sweet innocence of youth. Ah, but things are not always as they seem. Can it be this room is actually stretching? And notice this. This chamber has no windows and no doors which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. <laughs> of course, there is always my way. Come, let us continue our tour. There is much to see, so look alive and stay together. I'd hate to lose you so soon. As you travel past these priceless works of art, perhaps you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Of course, it's only a trick of the light. The real beauty of this house awaits us farther on. There's a party in her honor, and she'll just die if we're late. And now, curious souls, a carriage approaches to take you to the party and beyond. I leave you now, but I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Have a frightful What 
edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to this segment, a short leash isn't a tow hitch for your doom buggy. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of the Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. It's that time of year here at Diz Radio. I've been down this road. It's the time when we get super themey and every segment starts to center around the holidays. Jocelyn hops on the old Trello or Facebook Messenger apps and starts to ask for Halloween-themed segments. What a tyrant he can be. But that's okay because we here at the D-Team put up with it because the pay is horrible. I'm kidding. There's no pay. But Halloween is fast approaching, and in the spirit of the scary, we'll endeavor to make this short leash fit the season. In the past, I've talked about what rides scared me as a child, like when my mom told me that the decapitated buffalo on the wall of the Country Bear Jamboree was going to eat my hat. And that left a mark. I've been carrying that for a while. Asked me the last name of my prom date, and I couldn't tell you. But the idea of an animatronic endangered species that could somehow gnaw my noggin from a throwaway comment made by a parental figure four decades ago still haunts me. I've also talked about how to reduce the chance of your kids melting down on your Disney vacation. It can be a scary place for small kids. The drama on many of these rides is a dark set piece that sets up a triumphant and usually happy ending. Like Dinosaur when Armageddon via Meteor is upon us. Or like Splash Mountain when that fox finally captures that rabbit and the vultures send you hurling to your doom only for you to survive to be entertained by a kick line of gospel singing chickens or the horror of the entire It's a Small World until you're finally saved by the ride's exit. There's some stuff that can cause kids to melt down and nothing stops your fun and the fun of everyone around you in line than the spectacle of trying to force your crying, frightened kid onto an attraction of which they are terrified. Our strategy was to spoil the hell out of them. And not in the way that gives them everything they want, I mean spoil the attraction for them. We watched ride videos at home prior to leaving and they knew what to expect and weren't frightened when we got there. When we were at the parks, they were now excited to see the attractions for themselves for real, but also knew what to expect and weren't afraid. 
And that strategy worked for everything except for it's tough to be a bug. That ride has a giant psychopathic grasshopper who poisons you with a two-story can of raid, drops spiders on you, then after you think you're safe, you're given an insect rectal exam on your way out. And there's no defense for that. It's a child meltdown factory. So what to talk about this year? Well, it's the 25th anniversary of Nightmare Before Christmas, and my son really wants to travel to California to see the Nightmare Before Christmas Overland Disneyland does at their haunted mansion, and I wish that would travel coast to coast like the Electric Light Parade did for a while, but it doesn't, and we're not heading to California. It's also the 25th anniversary of Hocus Pocus, but I have scraped better film from my bathtub, so I'll leave that black cauldron of bad films where it belongs. See what I did there? The Black Cauldron was also a terrible Disney movie. However, this year I look at Disney Halloween time as the great unknown. I've been fortunate enough to travel to Disney World often. I've lost track of how many trips I've taken years ago when it was well past 30. And that's probably nothing for a local or a fanatic, but for a fan who lives a thousand miles away, that many trips get you strange looks at dinner parties. Never mind the people giving you those looks have a pretentious, if not douchey, OBX Outer Banks magnet attached to their Aculexus. But with all those trips, I've never seen Disney at Halloween. Most of the trips in my early childhood were in February over President's Weekend. And there was only one gate, which everyone called Disney World. And when Epcot finally opened, when I was about seven, I started to hear about the Magic Kingdom and had no idea what they were talking about. The same thing happened to me with Star Wars, and suddenly that movie title gained five more words, and I'd never heard them before either. Episode 4, A New Hope. Sorry folks, that movie's called Star Wars. I was there. My shorter trips are in the spring because they're work-related, and on a couple of occasions we have braved the cacophony of chaos that is the Christmas and New Year's season. And if there's one thing Christmas trips has taught me is Disney over the holidays is magical. And Disney tosses that term around a lot, but when my wife saw the decorations on Main Street and the trees and the candle lit up for the holidays, she literally cried. This was not an unfamiliar place. We're there a lot, but it was so extra special she got emotionally overwhelmed by all the beauty around her like a big sissy. I'm kidding, it was adorable. The fall decorations and not-so-scary events would be the last great park adventure for us. My wife is someone who makes Disney-themed cooking shows at youtube.com backslash wdwplantoons. So hitting the food and wine festival is a bucket list bonus as well. Also, those holiday trips become more about the holiday park ambiance and less about an attraction attack. Missing a ride or two to take in the holiday theming around you is worth pausing and taking the chance to smell the pumpkin spice. And because on a trip like this it's not about the rides, it makes a perfect short leash excursion. Our three-day ticketed holiday trip is still one of, if not the favorite Disney vacation we ever had, and for this family follows the final frontier. Because enjoying a holiday theme in a theme park, well, that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I can also be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting plantoons.com. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Sting.
uh, aren't you guys going to join me? Yeah, in a second. Primo Glomer? Oh, sure. It's, it's uh... <laughs> Good one, son. Good one. <laughs> you. Twice the committee. Okay, here comes the uh, yeah. You're going to get yours. <laughs> Did we really fool you? Yeah. Boogity, boogity. We're going to get you too, Carl. Yeah, I'll be waiting. Yeah. Did you like the spider, Uncle Omar? Oh, and I love the spider. Yeah, me too. Where's uh, uh, Jennifer? Oh, babysitting. Uh-huh. She should be home by now. She hopes she's okay. Oh, one thing about Lucifer Falls, Elm. You're as safe out there as you are in your own living room. So, um... What is this, um, Lucy Fest? Oh, it's the Lucifer Falls Annual Festival. They've been having it since the Pilgrims. That's lots of fun, Elmer. You ought to come. Greetings, D-heads. My name is Jeremy, but you can call me the Spider-Pan. I'll explain later. Uh, Welcome to Great Moments in History, but only the Disney parts. Now, many Disney fans know about Walt Disney's hometown of Marceline, Missouri. But other than being the boyhood home of Walt Disney, Marceline also has a haunted history. Now, I have a book that tells of some of the haunted stories you might find in Missouri. Unfortunately, I can't seem to figure out where I put it, but I do recall it told some stories in Marceline. And I actually had to do a little checking around on Google to find some of these stories. The one that I remember most actually has to do with a place that's currently called Zach's Cafe in Marceline. And I actually went over to MissouriGhost.net and found a little bit of a story. And I'll just read for you directly what this says. Regarding Mom's Restaurant in Marceline, I have some additional history, update from latest owners, etc. My family owned the restaurant in the early 1900s when it was known as the Hole in the Wall. There are no family stories of hauntings or the lady in white. I have checked with surviving children of the children who worked there, met a spouse there, etc., and they were unaware of any ghostly activity. When they get a little further on, though, they speak to a waitress who starts telling some stories. And in fact, some of the stories I remember reading was this lady in white who would actually help clean up sometimes in the night. If you would leave something out that day and when you close the restaurant in morning, it would be cleared up. This almost seems like a helpful ghost was working around there and there was suspicions that the lady in white was a former waitress that had worked, of course, in the restaurant. Now, I don't know that this place is actually open anymore and the story is that this waitress was actually somebody who died when she fell in through a hole in the wall and drowned. I don't understand how you fall and drown in a hole in the wall. I'm not sure exactly how that is relating to this. But they have said that their, you know, their daughters, the person who has written this article, said that their daughters have definitely filled some cold spot in a banquet room and felt a little uneasy and were happy to leave. So there could be something going on there if you happen to believe that sort of thing. But the most interesting story that I have been tracking in Marceline is an old nursing home that used to exist. Now I believe it's completely closed. 
Some quotes that I found on the Lynn County Leader says it started as a memorial to his father, Benjamin B. Putnam. The original structure was constructed in 1923 by a marshalling contractor for Ola Putman and consisted of 10 beds. The name given to the building was the B.B. Putnam Memorial Hospital. Dr. Putnam had served the marshalling community for 47 years as a surgeon and a physician. The hospital closed shortly thereafter in 1942, but only temporarily, and the newly named Sisters of St. Francis reopened after a lengthy four-year restoration under the direction of two women. But again, the facility shut its doors unexpectedly after a series of strange occurrences and rumored deaths. Now, we have something that happened a bit more recent. This is from Ryan Straub, uh, who was actually speaking to somebody named Jason Offett, and this is an article from 2009, can be found at fromtheshadows.blogspot.com. And he talks about how his mother was the caretaker of what is now known as the Hill Haven Nursing Home in Marceline. And this was around the time when it was the process of closing its doors. Ryan Straub's mother saw some lights on in the nursing home and sent Ryan to go and check exactly what was going on. And the interesting thing is there was no electricity. Well, so he says, she sent me and a friend to figure out what was going on. We walked through the whole building. The lights were on. We went up in there. There was one light on in the room on the third floor. And as they approached the room on the third floor, they could hear the creak of a rocking chair on the hard floor. The doors were very big and very heavy, Straub says. We opened the door and there was the spirit of an old woman rocking back and forth. The sight of the apparition startled the two, but that's not like what happened next. The woman who was facing the window without moving her body turned her head 180 degrees to face this, Straub says. The smile was literally across her face. It was unlike anything paranormal I had ever seen. And his mother later confirmed a woman had lived in that room. Now, there is nothing that would lead me to believe that young Walt was aware of any hauntings in the area that may have influenced any of his creative works later. The ideas behind the haunted mansion were linked to the idea that every town has that dark corner with an abandoned house that is widely believed by the locals to be a home for the uh, deceased. Is that the correct politically correct term? I don't know. Other influences came from the 1929 black and white Mickey Mouse cartoon, The Haunted House, where our favorite mouse hero is forced to play music for the undead residents. Undead. That doesn't sound politically correct either. Should we call them life-impaired? Uh, I don't know if that's right either. The Haunted Mansion's earliest ideas were meant to recreate this classic cartoon. Well, that's all for this week, D-Heads. This has been the Spider Pan from the Neverland Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can send me an email at spiderpan at disradio.com. And until next week... Keep a pixie in your pocket. Ha ha! The time has come. It is I, your host, your ghost host. Our not-so-scary Halloween party has begun. This magic kingdom is now prepared to celebrate... My favorite time of year. For those mortals who have not paid their token fee to attend, you may do so at Ghost Relations in City Hall. 
otherwise. You'll need to please leave the Magic Kingdom at this time. And remember, beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> you remind me of a man. Demand memory. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I wanted to share with you my favorite Halloween costume from my childhood. I've always been a huge fan of the Headless Horseman, and I loved watching Disney's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I still do. So when I was 10 years old, we had a costume contest at our community's local Halloween carnival. I dressed up as the Headless Horseman. I took one of my dad's white work dress shirts, and my mom made me a cake. My head came to about the middle of the shirt so I could barely see where I was walking. I carried a pumpkin head with me that doubled as my bucket to keep my candy in. It was a lot of fun and everybody loved the costume. And that D-Heads is one of my favorite costumes ever as a kid. 
I still love dressing up to this day to take my son out trick-or-treating and to hand out candy to the kids. Happy Halloween, everyone. Take our word, we know what we're talking about. You know, this is a pretty spooky thing we're doing here. You don't mind if I turn on another light, do you? Hmm? Dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. I was trying to explain that Mr. Boogity is just a character in a movie. He's make believe, he's not a ghost. His so-called mysterious cape was made in the studio's costume department. He has no mystical powers. Here, I'll show you. Boogity boogity! <laughs> Gee, Michael, you make Mr. Boogity mad. Yeah. There is no Mr. Boogity. This is ridiculous. The guys in the special effects department are at it again. Mickey, call my office. Okay, Mike. Hey, get me down from here. Goofy. Yeah. Call the auto club. Gotcha, Michael. Someone's got to get me down by next week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good night, guys. Good night, Michael. Lights, camera, action. 
It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue on with our annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration, with that comes all the things that are spooky, the fun, the dark, and of course, the family entertainment. And somebody that knows that very well here at the show is somebody that's stopping in. You know him from John Carpenter's The Thing. Far away from home, licensed to drive, as well as Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. We have none other than Richard Masser here. Welcome to Diz Radio. Uh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume continues to impress. I mean, you constantly are in so many different things. Cult classics like John Carpenter's The Thing, as well as Far Away From Home, Licensed to Drive. You know, you appeared on Orange is the New Black. So many different things. So before we jump into, you know, your career and, you know, Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, I guess, how did you get started into acting as a lifelong passion and career? Well, um... To be perfectly honest, I was uh, I was in college. I was uh, uh, it was the '60s. It was a, an odd time. And uh, one day, I followed a friend of mine over, keep him company. He was going over to audition for uh, a play at that uh, university, and I just wa- walked over with him, literally one snowy night. And at the end of the auditions, the director asked me if I wanted to read for something. I said, no, not really. And, and she said, oh, come on. Uh, why don't, you know, so I read for something. I got cast in a play and then I did about eight or ten plays while I was at school and, you know, playing a lot of uh, mostly old men because I was big and I had a beard pretty early on and, uh, so I, I played a, a lot of older people, and uh, and around my junior year, I decided I really wanted to find out if this was something I wanted to do, because I, I didn't know. I really didn't know if I wanted to do it, and I got a job at a theater in Buffalo, New York, called the Studio Arena Theater, which is still going, and uh, I worked there for a half a season as a production assistant, met some people there from some other theaters, and ended up uh, going into technical work, uh, you know, building sets and doing lights and stuff. And I ended up at uh, in New Haven, and I was working at the Yale School of Drama and did a couple of shows with their um, directing uh, the third year. It was called the Thesis Projects. It's the big biggest deal drama school production at Yale. Uh, and I did uh, two of those uh, in one season, which was more than almost any of the acting students did. And the head of the drama school, a wonderful man named Robert Brustein, asked me if I wanted to come to school. I was an acting student. And then... As they say, the rest is history. So uh, I didn't. <laughs> I can't say that it was a lifelong passion. I, I'm not sure that I would say that it's a lifelong passion now. It's it's the way I make my living, and I, most <laughs> of the time when I get to do it, I'm really happy doing it, and really like the people I work with, not just the cast but the crew and, um, and some directors and, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and I've been very lucky. Uh, as you said, I've had a lot of opportunities over the years, and uh, some of them I've managed to make some good use of. 
Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, you know, you had all these different opportunities, you know, now it is the way that you make your money. And, you know, you were part of many different, you know, classics, you know, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing remains to be a classic, even though it was a remake. It remains to be this classic that everybody holds up on this high pedestal, um, you know, and being part of something like that. What is it like being part of something that has such legs that people to this day still are like, that is our version of the thing? Well, it's, you know, what's really interesting. Um, I, I loved doing that film. It was a great group of people involved. Uh, the, the cast was extraordinary and everybody involved. Um, the, the, the DP, Dean Cundy, made many, many wonderful films, one of which was the thing. Rob Bottin, who was the, who was the special effects makeup guy, who was responsible for the way the film looks from the point of view of the effects. You know, there is not a single moment of, uh, computer generated, um, uh, stuff in there. There's no CGI at all. It's, uh, it's all rubber and people and stop action and it's uh, and really was quite a work of genius and it's the last great rubber movie i think that's one reason why it has such a following because devotees of this stuff they just love they love that stuff because they know it's not i mean nothing wrong with cgi they do great stuff with it but this was the end of a gigantic era that that created the film industry really this ability to to fool the eye with effects that were uh, you know uh, done creatively and and with uh, uh, tr- tremendous ingenuity uh, i think and then, you know and that's we don't need that anymore because of the the ability to create it inside the machine but uh but it's it's something of a loss. I mean, it's true. We sometimes we were reacting to things that weren't there, just like they do now. But uh, we were never reacting to a green screen. We were reacting to something else. Uh, you know, we were looking off camera and at at something. And uh, but a, a bunch of it actually happened while we were there. The 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 burn uh, when they when when they light the guy on fire and goes crashing through the wall we shot that you know we shot that on stage and there was a man inside there doing it and you know it was it was crazy uh anyway and it was um i i think the other thing about it i would not say that it was a remake it because it because um lancaster went back and and john went back to the original um, uh, the, the, the novella, Who Goes There? And, and, and the, and the book, I mean, the, the first film, um, The Thing from Another World was, um, uh, was a great film, which I grew up on and loved and still do. But it's a very different film. It's about, you know, you know it's about, um, first of all, they're in Alaska, not in Antarctica, which is a, forbidding environment but nowhere near forbidding environment than Antarctica is number one number two they get cut off by a snowstorm we're cut off for months um, because nothing can get in or out and it just ratchets the stakes up a lot and there were no women you know uh, in our piece uh, or in the original book so um, and then uh, you know but I'm I'm 
very, very glad that I was able to be a part of it. And little side note, I was talking to someone else about another film after I had the offer to do the thing, and I, I really wanted to do the thing. But this other film was, I'm not going to say what it was, but it was a, a, a project with, with a, uh, that involved a really terrific director also. And I was very torn, and, and the other director couldn't make a decision. He wanted me to do what he said, but he needed to do some other casting before he could offer it to me. And I, I ran out of time, and I said, you know, i got to go do this other thing. I'm so sorry. And I never worked with the guy. He wasn't angry. He totally understood. But it, as it turned out, the other film was a really great film, but nothing like the afterlife that this film has had um, it, from the point of view of fans. You know, it's probably the single biggest fan movie I've ever been in, that and maybe it also. Very cool. Yeah, and, you know, you were part of so many different... Oh, well, sorry, you know, and and Mr. Boogity and the Bride of Boogity. All of these uh, odd little, you know, fantasy slash science fiction slash horror movies... Um, have these uh, decades-long, um, you know, parents showing them to their kids, and that includes this thing, by the way. I have well, had definitely. Yeah, I've had three generations of people come and talk to me about that movie. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, people do pass it down and, you know, I've passed it on to, you know, family and things like that as well. And of course, as you mentioned, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity goes back to that great era of, you know, the Disney Sunday night movie. You sit down as a family. It's something that's scary, but at the same time has the comedy. You know, how did you get involved with that? Because that was this, this rebirth of the Disney Sunday movie, that time where, you know, well, the fact is, Michael Eisner, when he became the head of uh, the Disney Corporation, one of his main passions as a child was the Disney, well, the Walt Disney Presents originally. I mean, we're of an age, Michael and I. Uh, it was Walt Disney Presents, which then turned into the uh, Walt Disney Hour and then the uh, Walt Disney um um, that's the Sunday show, which became the Walt Disney Sunday night, uh, event. And, um, um, and Michael really was determined to revive that and revive what, you know, what, what had been the case when, when he was a kid. And he wanted to introduce them, which he did. Um, now Mr. Boogity was his favorite, um, uh, favorite one of the movies from the first season. We did that in the first season of the revival of the Disney Hour, and um, and Michael just flipped out over it. He loved it, and he not long after it was finished, he commissioned a two-hour sequel, which was unheard of. And then we did the Bride of Boogity, and and both those, you know, both those uh, pieces were real. They were real kind of acts of joy for all of us, I think. Uh, uh, Oz Scott, the director, was, uh, he was, he's a wonderful man and he was, it was right up his alley. Um, um, uh, Mimi Kennedy, who was brilliant in that. And we had, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, talk about pedigree. We had, uh, Christy Swanson uh, in the first one was her, our daughter. 
and and then we they couldn't get her back because she had launched after she did that movie. They couldn't get her back for the sequel. So another girl whose name just flew out of my head, I apologize, uh, uh, played the daughter in 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 the second one, and uh, and um, and Chrissy went off to do the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course. So so uh, Christy, uh, so that was. Uh, you know, it was just a, it was a lot of fun. We all knew what we were doing. We all knew it was supposed to be as goofy and dopey as possible so the kids could have a really good time. And so it would be a little bit scary, but mostly fun so they could get through it. And I now have friends who have young kids who are just, thank goodness, they finally made this available. I think it's, uh, I, I'm not sure whether it's on Netflix or on, Amazon, but it's finally available, and I think it's, I don't know if it's available in the Disney channels, but they they did not release this in video forever, and I would have people, you know, every once in a while I do one of these, uh, you know, uh, uh, sci-fi or horror fest, and uh, mostly for the thing, but people always come up to me and ask me about Mr. Boogity, and, and what I I tell them, uh, I told them for years, write to Disney and tell them you want them to release it. And they finally have, which is great, because there were just really awful, you know, uh, 18th generation videos circulating around. I know people who have on-air videos that they recorded when they were kids that they're showing to their grandkids. Now, that's nuts, you know, that they can't. They can't replace this, but uh, I think now they can. <laughs> well, you know, and being part of this, like you said, it was this revival of the Disney Sunday movie, and it was just, it was this fun thing. I remember growing up watching this as well. Now, you know, being part of Lucifer Falls and Mr. Boogity and, and uh, you know, filming it, it, were you a Halloween fan or a spooky kind of fan where you enjoyed this kind of uh, family Halloween-ish kind of, uh, you know, family film? Well, I, when I was a kid, I, to be perfectly honest, the, the, one of the most traumatic moments in my very young life was uh, there was a, a television program way before you were born called The Adventures of Robin Hood. It was a black and white TV show. It was, uh, it was good. It wasn't great, but I, I, you know, we all loved it. And one Halloween time, they did a they did a show where there was a ghost in the castle and I got so scared from that show that I, I, I had slept in a room where my, um, where my head faced uh, the doorway when I was uh, um, sleeping. And um, uh, I was so sure that night that the ghost was going to walk through the door I, and I couldn't go to sleep, and I was really upset. My mother told me to turn my myself around, and we remade the bed with my head facing away from the door. For some reason, that gave me comfort. I don't know. It seems like a stupid move <laughs> to me now, but why wouldn't you want to be looking at what's coming instead of not? But anyway, and because of that and because of the way my my bed was against the wall, I sleep on the opposite side of the bed from the one I would have slept on had I had I continued having my head because I always ha- hung off the side of the bed a little bit when I was a kid, and you develop these habits, you know, and that's so I always sleep on this one side of the bed 
so I can hang off the bed on that side, which is kind of crazy. But it's all because of the ghost in the Robin Hood show. So, <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those where you develop these habits and this wonderful, I guess, not wonderful, but you know, these kind of habits that go throughout your entire life. And with that, with Mister Boogity, as we've talked to so many people, you know, we've we've had Oz Scott on our show talking about it, and of course, uh, you know, we talked with a lot of fans who have grown up watching it. And there is so many people that always talk about the phrase boogity, boogity, boo. How many times have you heard that phrase throughout your entire career? Uh, well, it's been uh, not just my career, but just walking around on the street every once in a while, somebody hits me with it. And they, you know, and they always, they get confused. They think that that's my phrase. But it really, it's only my phrase in the second one. The first one, Mr. Boogity was the only one who ever said it. Um, you know, it was his his catchphrase, so to speak, um, Howard. Um, yeah, I've heard it plenty. And like I said, I've had people come up to me and uh, and say every every Halloween, my brothers and sisters and I, and this is multiple people, however many brothers and sisters get together with our kids and we sit down and we watch this ratty old recording, you know, just so we can introduce them to it. So I, I have a friend who has a young, uh, a young uh, daughter who, up until a couple of years ago, when he tried to show it to her, she got too scared. She couldn't watch it. So now I think she's old enough now she can watch it. Uh, no, it's a, it's a great thing. And listen, I grew up with, uh, you know, it's a wonderful life, and I grew up with the original. Um, um, Boris Karloff, Frankenstein, and and Dracula. I watched that stuff all the time on uh, you know on television when they were when they had no programming available and they were uh, re- recycling these old movies all the time. And ho- and horror movies really were um, uh, you know the the meat of of that era. And uh, and these were all from the 30s. But then there was a whole slew of them that came in in the fifties, were all, which were a lot of science fiction horror movies, like like the thing from another world, and like uh, uh, the Blob and and uh, Tingler, which was this amazingly weird thing. I went, I re- never forget going, getting, taking a bus. I was about ten years old. My friend Alan and I took a bus. To, on, for a Saturday morning screening on the first weekend of the Tingler, and they had installed buzzers kind of in the seat. Uh, and at certain moments in the film, the the, they, the the projectionist would hit this button, and it would make the seat vibrate a little bit. And it was like ah, you know. So it was all the you know, and and original 3D, which was just horrible compared to the stuff now. But it was exciting, you know, and uh, I was into all of that. Yeah. Now, working on these films, too, you know, uh, you know, because they are these cult classics that everybody loves, passed on for generations, you know, while working on these films, were there any, uh, was there any, uh, like, moments or times that were your absolute favorite when you were on set? Like, if any favorite scenes or things like that? Or was it just all just one big family having fun? Like I said, the, the Boogity films were really because of Oz to a large extent they were really fun to do and, and the second one uh, Eugene was there for I think that was the second one um, Eugene Levy um, 
and he was great too. And um, anyway, but I um, was John Aston in one of them. I can't remember. I think he might have been. I get confused yes. a little. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, and that was a pleasure. Also, that was a treat to be around him. Um, um, and Mimi, of course, is always great. And and the kids were really good, but the, the younger kids, um, on occasion, were a little bit of a pain in the neck. But um, but <laughs> so the the boogity the boogity movies, I I don't have. They were they were hard work. They were really hard work because we had to manage the kids a lot, you know. Um, the um, and that includes little young David Fastino, by the way. You know who was who was. I think the first one he was like eight years old on, or something, or nine, or something. Um, anyway, and then, um, but but on the thing, there were a lot of uh, really great things that happened that I remember. I mean, my my favorite thing, but I don't know if I can actually say this on your air. Um, uh, there's a there's there's a line in the thing when when. Uh, uh, when uh, I don't know if I can say this. Uh, <laughs> when that, well, if you know the movie well, you'll know that there's a scene where they're trying to revive this guy who they think has had a heart attack, and Richard Dysart is is up on the table giving him, uh, uh, trying to resuscitate him, uh, and. As he's uh, massaging his heart and pumping on him, the guy's chest opens up and bites off Richard's arms, and he's like screaming and blood flying everywhere, and then and we're all freaking out, and then and then his head kind of droops off of the table and on and lands on the floor, sprouts legs and goes running off, and so uh, like crab legs. So and at and at that point. Uh, one of the actors in the film, a guy named Dave Clennon, had, to my mind, the, the greatest line in the movie, which is, "You, well, I'll, I'll clean it up for you. Uh, you got to be effing kidding me, he says, when he sees this happen. So we're shooting this sequence, and there's a lot of angles. All of us are in the same room together, so they had, there was a lot of coverage in all directions, and and we get through, and, and then it, and then they say, okay, we're, we're done in here. We're going to move on. And I said to John, I said, but you didn't get a shot of David saying the line. And, and John said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to play that on the, on the head running off. I said, John, you have to shoot David saying the line. You can't not shoot David saying the line. And he said, no, but look, and he shows me the, the, Storyboard. Now, again, I I started out. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock did uh, essentially storyboards, and other directors did that kind of planning. But mostly, that's not how movies got shot. And then, and then in the you know, uh, with the advent of uh, the kind of young groups of directors coming up, they started relying more and more. Where you'd sit down, you'd hire a wonderful artist who would actually create this kind of comic book which would be your shooting guide you know that the director would and the dp would work with the guy on just to remind you of how you planned on seeing all of this 
But you had to be willing to be flexible with that. And John went, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not going to use that. And I said, John, if you don't shoot David saying this line, you will regret this for the rest of your life. So, of course, he said, all right, just uh, to shut you up, Richard. So he, he, he did it. He shot David saying the line. And it's the biggest laugh in the movie, which would not have existed if you weren't looking at his face while he's saying it. You know, so that's one of my favorite moments, not only because I won, which is always fun, but because I actually kind of convinced him and it turned out it was a real contribution to the film, you know, so, and that stuff is always fun when you can do stuff to contribute to the film. Like in, in the thing, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I work with this amazing dog, Jed, uh, who was trained by a man named Clint Rao, who's a, who was a great, great uh, animal trainer, mostly dogs. And and he uh, he was, uh, Jed was very young when we did this. He was about 18 months old, maybe a little early, a little uh, older when we started. And he was half wolf, half um, husky. And so he was gigantic. He was a really, he had wolf legs. He had a uh, you know, everything about him was very wolf-like except for his coloring. And um, and he had a wolf essence. I don't know how else to put it. And so he didn't do dog-like things very much. He, he uh, like dogs, when, before they're going to do something, they will signal you. They will, they will growl. They will, you know, they might snap a little bit before they move. You know they'll 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 look uncomfortable. All Jed would do is he would suddenly look strange. You know he'd like look very intense and then he'd move. So he was very hard to judge that way. And and Clint watched him like a hawk because he hadn't been around people that much. That uh, Jed hadn't. And and I had to do a lot of work with the dog where the dog had to come in. I had to go and the dog had to come to me without anybody in the shot calling the dog in. Um, Clint didn't want treats. You know, a lot of times when you get a dog to do something, it's because the dog, the person the dog's walking with or the uh, person the dog is coming to has a treat and he's expecting to be treated. But Clint wanted him to come to me because he wanted to come to me. So we worked together for like three weeks early on in the process of the, whenever I had a spare time, I'd go off with Clint and Jed and we'd work on stuff. So I, there's a scene where I, where I'm, I, I, where I bring him down this hallway and he's walking next to me and we, we stop by this cage that I'm going to put him into with all these other, um, uh, all these other sled dogs and, and he looks at me just before we go in and then he looks straight ahead in this very weird way into the compound and he steps in and then he lies down and 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 he just keeps staring straight ahead it's a really creepy moment anyway went the the walk down the hallway clint didn't want him looking at my hand he didn't want him hesitating he didn't want him leading me he didn't want him following me he wanted him just casually walking next to me and that took weeks of work to just get that so it was completely natural looking which it is but natural looking and also odd 
because you never see a dog do this on camera. <laughs> and and so, um, and he never looks up at my hand. He never, he never does, he's never looking for a, a trainer. Cause the, and by the way, there were other dogs in the compound when I let him in, and all of them were run by other trainers. So they were trying to keep their attention and and not disturb Jed. And Jed, like I said, he could suddenly go weird, and then he he wouldn't work. He'd he'd just be jumpy. So everything had to be locked down. It was really quiet, but it worked great, and and that was very satisfying. Also, uh, uh, being part of helping. Jed to become a star because after he did the thing, he went and he did this two wonderful other movies, uh, a movie called the, the Journey of Natty Gan, which if you've never seen it, it might actually have been a Disney film. I don't remember. But if you've never seen it, you should watch it and you should encourage others to. It's this, uh, this the story of this little girl in the, uh, I think it's in kind of in the Yukon or Alaska um, going on a trip to find her father and she, she meets up with this giant dog on the way and he becomes her protector. And, and Jed is amazing in the film. The girl's great too. And then, uh, he also did a, a film version of, uh, White Fang, which Clint worked on for many years to make that happen and got it done just in time because, you know, dogs don't live that long. So. Um, and he, he's gone now. So, but anyway, that's a long. Well, end right. To your question. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what makes uh, that's what makes movies like The Thing, Mister Boogie, Bride of Boogie, stories like that are what help them become cult classics. And of course, you know, both Disney movies that you know the dog was part of, of course, Journey of Natty Gan, fantastic Disney film, and of course, Disney's White Fang was also fantastic as well. So great films. Well, we know you know you're busy. You know we don't want to keep you too long, but you know before we wrap up here too, you know if Disney ever came back, they relaunched the Sunday night movie and they want to redo Mr. Boogity, would you be up to either reprise your role as now the uh, the the grandpa with the story of Mr. Boogity as he comes back, or would you? ever be up to reprise that role for a new generation if i i think that would be hysterical if they would put those people to, i don't know if mimi would do it i i i don't know if christy would do it either she's she she does lots and lots and lots of those horror uh events uh, not lots but she does she's very selective but she she does she's been doing them for years i've only done a few of them but i've run into her a couple of times and she's a she's a lovely woman so yeah, I would love the opportunity to work with her again and to work with Mimi again. It's, I'm, I, you know, when you have a good time on something and when there's, when people have had a good time seeing it, it's, it's pretty irresistible to want to go back and, and try and see if you can do it again. So I, I can't imagine they would, but it would be a riot to do. Yeah. Right. I think it would be fantastic to, you know, have have the whole family and then, you know, now your grandkids kind of resurrect Boogity in some way. It would be a great story. Or great grandkids, as the case may be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. 
Well, we don't want to keep you too long. Yeah, it's, you know, in wrapping up here, we don't want to keep you too long. I guess in closing, for all the people whose lives you've touched, because you have touched so many people's lives over the years from many different movies, whether that's a Sunday night movie, The Thing, It, License to Drive. I mean, the list goes on and on. I guess, is there anything you'd like to leave out there for any of your fans listening in whose people's lives you have touched throughout your entire career? I, yeah, um, no. I, I'm, 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 you know, I never... I never have thought of this as anything but uh, a great job, and uh, I do take responsibility for the work I do. And that, if I'm, I try and I've always tried to do uh, as much as I could to do work that I thought had good things to say about things and weren't particularly pushing bad ideas at people. Um, I've been able to do that quite a lot. Um, but, you know, the one thing I would say is, if I could say nothing else, is um, if you want to see something, um, many of us have spent our lives doing this work, and there are young people coming up who are intending to spend theirs doing this work. And what's absolutely vital to continuing this process is that people not steal our work, which means that they don't they don't go and and um uh, you know watch things in terrible versions on YouTube which are illegal they don't uh, they don't go to sites where they can download uh stolen digital versions of things and uh, for virtually nothing if you want to watch a movie go get the movie you know you can rent them very cheaply you can buy them really quite cheaply if you want to own them and or you can go to a theater and the same is true of television you know um um the the whole the whole culture of of stealing other people's work in in music in film and television is really uh becoming problematic for for people being able to make a living and continue to do this work so that's the only thing i would ask people to think about um in parting okay very good. Well, thank you, Richard, once again, for taking that time, chatting with us, going down memory lane and so much more and touching so many people's lives. You know, always wishing to see more of you in the future, and I'm sure we will be. So thanks once again for stopping in. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
Hi, this is Mark Elliott, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, our feature presentation. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on Diz Radio. Disney Parks has been releasing At the Disneyland Resort as well. With that in mind, a new patented design just recently come, came about through the online world of the Diz Twitter and Diz Internet, you can say, with a new patented design for a roller coaster. Now, this patented design is specifically to the roller coaster itself as the cart for using going on the track and new inter- interesting mechanisms that could cause the Cart itself to twist in on its axis. As the patented continues to be evolving, this patented design gives it a more el- elaborate ways of interesting t- twists and turns throughout your course of the coaster ride. Now, the patented goes in detail that the design will allow the cars to rotate on its axis during the course of the ride. The patent also specifically is designed for roller coasters for a possible rumor of Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot. Now, it has been leaked as well back sometime March of this year over at the D23 Japan Expo. The, the Vonicar roller coaster design has showed this type of possible technology for a rotating. Roller coaster car rotating on its axis. Now, it doesn't seem to be pretty cl-、uh, elaborate, but this patented design also helps to recharge during unloading and loading process. And throughout the course of the track, there's possible hidden tr-、uh, sensors that allow the car to rotate on its axis. Well, with this in mind, with all the rotation, cause a lot of power. Now, the source underneath the rotating axis, based on the design, is a, a battery source storage, where throughout the course it will recharge itself to perform the rotation throughout the ride. It's a very neat technology, and it's, so far it's in the works of designing at this 
testing facility over in Europe. Now, with the makers of the roller coaster and with Disney's techno know-how and creating the fun magic, brings a wonderful storyline, and it seems to be possible li- lining up with the the new roller coaster that's already under construction over at Epcot. Now, again, it's been very hush hush, but all we can see so far is a outside exterior building and a few uh, roller coaster uh, foundations has been popping up here and there. Nothing relating to tracks. We might see a little bit more throughout the coming months and possibly into the new year. Again, this is hush-hush, but with the patent, it seems really interesting how this type of technology is really elaborating when it comes to roller coasters. Then the traditional, you ride on the car, and the wheels are underneath the, underneath you, and you follow this form of a track. Now, several, uh, just last summer, there has been, been the virtual reality roller coasters were over at SeaWorld, and Six Flags has been testing out that and belief as well seaward has discontinued that virtual reality experience which is kind of cool but then you don't want to get all that 3d some people have been getting motion sickness with that while riding the coaster and some people who are already motion sickness to a roller coaster that's like a double whammy but what's your thoughts do you think this will be an interesting added to a roller coaster while it's twisting the cart itself twisting on the axis or would you like to have premier wheel whirl Sorry, Primero. <laughs> I can't. I'm hacking up. What's this say? The wild mouse with a sp- 360 degree spinning car, similar to the upcoming Guardi- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster coming at Epcot. Do you think that will be a good match? What's your thoughts? Send me an email at randy at disradio.com. Again, that email address is randy, R A N D Y, at D I Z. R-A-D-I-O dot com. This is Randy signing out for Disney's Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic romp once again as we've been continuing on all month long with our annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. And I want to extend a very spooky thank you once again to Richard Masser once again for stopping back here at the show, sharing all of his fun tidbits from his career and more, and definitely check him out in the Disney classics, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogie, as well as License to Drive, John Carpenter's The Thing, and so many others. Most recently, Orange is the New Black and all kinds of great ways to stay connected with Richard Masser. Thank you, Richard, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the DE team of Aaron, Dominic, Randy, and Jeremy, all stopping in with their signature segments. Without them, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out, and I say that all the time. So definitely connect up with the DE team on our official website at disradio.com. Just go to the DE team page, click the link, and get connected with them right away. And most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to come back at you every single week with this show for the last eight years. You are the reason that we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. Without you, there would be no show, and 
and we are truly humbled to bring these bits of magic to you every single week. So thank you, the D-Heads. Now next week, we're continuing on with all kinds of fun, all kinds of goodies, and many special guests. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all three of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical, different kind of Disney show. And if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait to hear my voice, our guests, our D-team, and so much more. You're just itching to hear the shows. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and hit subscribe right there. Then you can get the latest shows on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing, the MP3 player of your choice. You can listen to the shows instantly as they get released. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released. And remember, if you can't remember any of this, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and there you can find all these links there as well. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, it is time to press on, go out. We have some trick-or-treating, some Halloween parties, and so many other things ready to go this week. In fact, I'm going to be dressing up in a pumpkin suit this week like David S. Pumpkins from SNL. Yes, it is going to be fun. So, before we jump into that, next week we have somebody that's a veteran of the great movie ride. You know him from some very spooky voiceovers, as well as some great novellas. I'm going to leave it at that. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, as I always say, take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. Make the magic, make the memories, and definitely make it count. Until next week, go out there, trick-or-treat, have fun, dress up, and post pictures of little costumes. Happy, happy Halloween, all of you D-Heads. Serpents and spiders, tail of a rat, call in the spirits wherever they're at. When you hear the knell of a requiem bell, weird ghosts gleam where the spirits dwell. Restless bones etherealize. Rise as spooks of every size. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. When the crypt doors creak and the tombstones quake, spooks come out for a swing and wake. Heavy haunts materialize. And they Climbs high on the dead oak tree Spooks arrive for the midnight spree Creepy creeps with eerie eyes Strikes a shriek And harmonize Grim grinning ghosts Come out and socialize Welcome my friends To the most spirited season of them all I am your host Your ghost host. 
the 999 Happy Haunts and I are ready to materialize for a spectacular celebration. You never know who'll drop in. After all, this is Halloween. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see, it's our world of Halloween. Oh, this is Halloween, this is Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat, till the neighbor's gonna die of fright! Disembodied friends would like to serenade you with some scary okey. Just a few of our favorite tombs that we dug up for the occasion. We hope you'll enjoy a little night music. <laughs> Feel free to sing along. Just some poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. Lumperoozles very sly. They come in ones and twosles, but if they so choose us, before your eyes you'll see them multiply. The elephants on parade, here they come, hibbity 
poverty. They're here and there, pink elephants everywhere. Look out! Look out! Pink elephants on parade! a wicked time of year, isn't it? And I have just the spell to put us all in the mood! Malugas of Ruga come winds of the Caspian Sea! Lorinxus Glacidus, Max Laryngitis, La Voce to me! Now sing! 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 Kidding when they called me well a witch. <laughs> Listen up, sweet lips. I'll give you all a little treat. <laughs> Next year you'll be dressing like me. Unfortunate souls. <laughs> Jafar, I'm sure you wouldn't dream of starting the fun without me. <laughs> Why, you're dead right. Well then, let me treat you all to a little sorcery in the sky. You call that magic? <laughs> Move on, old boy, and let Mr. Oogie kick it up a notch. Well, 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 what have we here? A trick-or-treater, huh? Oh, I'm really scared. So you're the ones they're talking about. <laughs> When Mr. Oogie Boogie says there's trouble close at hand, you'd better pay attention now, cause I'm the Boogie Man. 
to you. We're delighted you could creep on over. Why, we've only begun to heat things up. Let's show them just how spirited an All Hallows' Eve celebration can really be! was thrilling, wasn't it? And now, to end our ghostly gathering, we invite you to partake in our favorite Halloween tradition, the Scream-Along. Any volunteers? Just scream like you're trying to wake the dead! <laughs> Happy Haunts want to thank you for hanging around while we scared up a little Halloween fun. <laughs> we do hope you'll drop in again for another spooktacular celebration. Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> I'll put a spell on you 
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon. (laughs) 